Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Today we have the honor of uh, bringing up a, a guest speaker today who's really not a guest. He's in the house. I love him so much because he's not just one of the pastors here at our church, but he's also a dear, dear friend. I have known Pastor Joey Salazar since I was 18 years old, and uh, I have seen him grow as an individual, as a leader. He is an amazing pastor. You need to know this, because most of the stuff that you see here at Journey Church is not me. I just come here, and I do this thing for a couple minutes, but he's leading the staff. He's encouraging them. He's teaching them. He is a super smart guy. He's uh, read over 100 books. This year, uh, he's, as a joke, guys, he didn't really read 100 books, right, 75, come on, um, and, uh, and he's just great, man. Uh, something you need to know about Pastor Joey and his love for you is that when he was the first person on staff we ever hired uh, three, two and a half, three, three years ago, yeah, three, three years ago, and uh, he, uh, he, we hired him, he was still living in Miami with his family. And so I told him, man, you could start in four months, you know, whenever your family can move up here. He's like, no, I love the church. I want to be there. He would drive from Miami to Orlando every weekend to serve here. And, uh, and he was leading load in and load out at the time. And then he would sleep in, in my office on an inflatable mattress for two days. And then he would, on Sunday, as soon as service was over, he'd get back in his car, drive down to Miami, and then do it all again on the, ne- on the Friday after. He did that for almost four months every week until his family could come up here because he just loved you. He believed in the vision so much. And so, listen, we are a house that honors. We honor up, down, and all around. So would you help me by standing to your feet, putting your hands together, and honoring and welcoming to the house, Pastor Joey Salazar. Thank you. Amen. You may take your seat. You may be seated today. It is an absolute privilege to be able to share God's word with you. I have been praying and asking God for direction and insight and instructions, and I really believe that he's guided me to the right passages and helped me align my notes. But I just want to say welcome as well to anybody visiting, all those visiting for the first time as well, whether you're even online as well. Thanks for tuning in. Maybe somebody sent you a link. Maybe somebody, you came across this page by accident. Uh, Maybe it was an accident for you, but it wasn't an accident for God. And so I really believe that today God is going to continue moving in such a special way. I'm careful not to say start moving because he already started moving. Uh, That worship was something else. Come on, can we give it up for the worship team as well? (laughs) Thankful for that worship team. Uh, but I'm thankful for this church in general. It's been such a blessing uh, in my life, in my wife Zelly's life, and our kids. It's just incredible to, to be able to do what we get to do here. I'm thankful for Pastor JJ and Liz, the gift that they are. Uh, fun fact, Pastor JJ was the best man at my wedding. Uh, that was over 10 years ago. And um, it was just an incredible, incredible day. I'm so glad that they were able to be a part of that. But as I was thinking about uh, today, and as I was thinking about just even our time here at Journey, uh, Pastor JJ, you know, you might have been the best man that day, but honestly, you've been the best man, in, one, of, one of the best men in my life, uh, in my entire life, and so I'm thankful for your leadership, and uh, come on, can we just give it up for Pastor JJ and Pastor Liz? 
Something you may or may not know about me is that I thoroughly enjoy to laugh. I think laughter is good for you. I've so, uh, I think I've read somewhere that uh, you can live longer if you laugh a little bit more. And so I thoroughly enjoy to laugh. I like to hang out with people who make me laugh. I like to watch movies that make me laugh. Uh, even much so, uh, my imagination is pretty interesting. It's pretty crazy. Uh, when the joke, when I, whenever a joke will happen in front of me, uh, the joke might be over, but it's not over in my head. And it just, it, it, I just take it up a level. And, and no one else, everyone's moved on. I'm still laughing. Uh, I'm, I'm so much so, I, I like to pay attention to people's laughs because it's like a radar. You know, I want to I wanna be with people who are laughing and uh, I've, I've come to study and even learn a little bit that there's different types of laughs. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, you know, and you, do you know somebody with a really interesting laugh? Yeah, okay, don't point at them, but just, just, just okay, okay. You did that, but I said it too late. Um, there's the chuckle, right, when it's something like it's not that funny, but you want to honor them. So you'll give them a chuckle. Uh, you want to, uh, there's different levels. There's the, I don't have enough time right now to be able to go through all the levels, but one of the ones, if you're lucky enough in life to be able to experience this, not you yourself, but maybe hear somebody, there's something that I call the AK-47 laugh. Uh, maybe you've heard of this, and it's just when this person's going in, and they're like, ah, 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 you know, and they're just, they are stuck, and you just don't know whether to help or duck for cover. You know, you're just... Do you have, you have a permit for that thing? Like, come on, like, you need to be careful. I love to laugh. I, I want to, but if I had to be honest, I think that uh, some of the, the funniest people, the people who make me laugh the most uh, would be you guys, would be Christians, would be believers, myself, make myself laugh. It's people who follow Jesus, and I, I think it's because sometimes we do things that are kind of funny, and we don't even know, we don't even try to be funny, but we do things that are funny. So, for example, for example, have you ever been out, maybe going out to, to grab a bite to eat, and you're really, really hungry, not hungry, hungry, right? Like, you're just starving. You haven't eaten, like, in two hours. You're starving, and you just, you are ready, you are ready to just throw it down. And then the Lord's favors on your life, and somebody else is paying for you. Come on. That's just Lord's favor, right? And so you order differently. There's something happening in this section. So there, there's a, you just order differently, right? And so have you, have you ever watched somebody, or maybe it's been you, and you've ordered triple meat, triple cheese, bacon, onion rings, so maybe some, a little small appetizer and a Diet Coke to keep it healthy. <laughs> and then what do we do as Jesus followers? We, we put our hands together, we bow our heads, and we, we begin to pray and talk to Jesus. And we're like, Lord, we ask that you would bless this food. Let it be a nourishment to my body. <laughs> Listen to that. Repeat that again. Look at what you're praying about. Like, I think that that doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, okay, I understand if it's a salad, but you didn't get a salad. Like, you got something else called the heart attack, right? Like, you got something else. And I, again, the, my mind runs, and so I, now I picture Jesus, God in heaven, and God's in the midst of healing somebody from cancer. 
God is over here, you know, giving revelation to scripture to a pastor who is like leading a church in China somewhere, like persecution happening. Over here, God is raising up leaders and church planners. And over here, God is multiplying the finances for somebody. And then all of a sudden, here's my little prayer, kind of like making its way up to heaven. And it's like, would you bless my burger, Lord? God's like, what? Are you serious? Um, something else we sometimes say that I think is a little funny or doesn't make a lot of sense is when we're driving or when we're in a rush or when we just don't feel like we can wait any longer and we're just like, God, give me patience, but hurry. Hurry, Lord, because I, I, I'm going to do something to this child, Lord. Help me, God. Hurry with the patience. But maybe the last one and then the one that's probably been more personal to me even this year was, Lord, I want something new in my life. God, give me something new. I want to go to the next level. God, I want something new. And there's nothing wrong with praying that prayer except that then we start to complain when God comes and brings in the new things in our lives. Our schedule changes, our rhythm changes, our patterns change, our address changes, coworkers change, finances change, and all these things begin to change. You're like, God, what are you doing? And God's like, bro, you asked for this. And today I want to I talk to you about the new things that God is wanting to do in your life and in my life. And again, this is probably not the first time that you've heard this statement that God wants to do something new, but I think that there's a part that sometimes doesn't oftentimes get said to that statement, and that is, yeah, we, we, we can prepare, uh, we can want the new, we can hope for the new, but also we must prepare for the new. I believe that it's not enough to hope for it, but you've got to prepare for the new things that God wants to do in our lives as well. One of my favorite statements that I've come across is the following, that I can tell what you're waiting for by what you're working on. I can tell what you're waiting for by what you're working on. I'm, I'm waiting for the big day when I get married. I'm, I'm waiting for the big promotion. I'm waiting for my first child. I'm waiting for, uh, you know, first year of college. I'm waiting for these things. There's a preparation that comes there's a part of this process as well that we need to be a part of, that we need to take in, that we need to consider as well. Today, I want to point your attention to the scriptures in the book of Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 is right after Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 9, verse 23, it says the following. When Jesus entered the synagogue's leader's house... And saw the noisy crowd and the people playing pipes in the Message Bible. I love how it adds. And bringing casseroles. I just love that picture in my head. I think it's so funny. Anyways. 24. He said, go away. The, the, the he right here is Jesus. And he's showing up to a scene. And, and, and he's the one saying, go away. The girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. The crowd laughed at him. And, and after the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the little girl by the hand, and she got up. Last verse, 26. News of this spread through all that region. This morning, for the next few moments, I want to speak to you over the title of Clear the Room. 
look at your neighbor and tell them, clear the room. That doesn't mean get up and walk out. I'm just saying the title, all right? <laughs> clear the room. Fun fact, as I was getting ready for this message and my wife and I were sharing an office space there at the house, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to internalize the message, right, and get the message inside of me. And I'm just like, clear the room, clear the room. I'm saying it out loud, clear the room, clear the room. And my wife's like looking at me like, uh, do you want me to get out? And I'm like, no, 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 I love you. And like forever together. And so, um, but I'm just, I was getting ready. Clear the room. The passage that we just finished reading talks about uh, an instance where Jesus shows up to this uh, individual's house whose daughter was, was dead, who was sick and then was, was dead. And God performs an incredible miracle. He performs a, a new thing in this situation. But uh, I think oftentimes we can focus on that. And yeah, we should celebrate that. And yes, that is huge. But there's a, there's a piece that I think gets overlooked at times. And it's, it's a piece that is so important that it, was, it helped make part of this process even be able to happen. And that is where Jesus says, go away. Like, I know we have this picture of Jesus where, like, he's, like, happy and nice and, like, friendly and stuff. But he was straight up thug in this moment where he's like, hey, go away. And he clears the room because he's about to do something new. But he's like, you know what? I got, I got to make some space. I got to clear the room. I want to do this, but you know what? I'm going to hold back until I see an opening available. I want to do this in your life, but I'm going I'm to just wait until I can see that, hey, you're making space for me to jump into. And, and I really believe sometimes and oftentimes you and I, we're waiting for God to move in our lives. But what if I told you that maybe it was God who's waiting for us to move, make some space, make, some, make an opening for him to be able to come into our lives. And so I'm thankful for scripture that doesn't just challenges us, but also instruct us in how we can make space and how we can experience the new things that God wants to do in your life. Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe you've been coming for a while. Maybe you're a leader here. I'm here to let you know. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're on mile two of your treadmill right now. I'm here to let you know God has something new in store for absolutely everybody who is open and available and willing to receive it. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, Isaiah 43, verses 18 and 19, the Bible says, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing now. Somebody say now. now. Say like you slept two extra hours. Say now. now. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and a stream in streams rather in the wasteland. God is saying, I'm doing something new. I want to do something new in your life. I want to do something new right now, but you've got to prepare. You've got to do some things. And I believe the room represents our heart. I believe the room represents our life. I believe the room just looks, is looking for a life available, a man, a woman, a couple, a child, somebody who is saying, God, here is my life. Use me however you'd wish. The first thing that we got to clear the room of is the Bible says, clear the room of the past. The Bible says in the verses that we just read, it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I truly believe that oftentimes your greatest barrier is not what's in front of you, but what's been, what is behind you. Your failures, your mistakes, your disappointments, all your errors, the difficult moments of life, all the things that you tried and it didn't work out the way you planned. Hey, those are tough to live with. 
Those are tough to, 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 to continue moving forward if we don't process those uh, in a healthy way. And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll, we'll stay focused there. We'll stay stuck there and we'll never reach everything that God has us to accomplish. But I want you to notice that this Bible verse says, hey, forget the former things. It doesn't just say, hey, forget the bad stuff, but also just says, in general, it says, forget everything you've learned. Forget everything you've experienced. And so I really think it's even a challenge for us to just even forget sometimes some of the things that God has done. Not, not, not to the point where it's like, well, Pastor Joey, I thought we we're supposed to remember. I thought we we're supposed to worship and praise and thank him for the past. Absolutely. But what I want us to be very careful with is that we don't limit God and put him in a box to think that he always has to move the way he's always moved in the past. Just because he did it one way in the past doesn't mean he's got to do it the same way in the future. In the book of Exodus chapter 17 and verse 20, I'm sorry, verses 17 and chapter 20. Uh, Moses, Moses, who many of us are familiar with, who, who stands in front of the waters and, and he parts the seas and, and with the stick. And he's, you, you got to see the movie. It, like, you, it's incredible, just sci-fi, all this incredible technology. And he walks and he leads all these people. That Moses, who was protected as a child and raised in Potiphar's home, and, and that Moses now is leading a multitude of people in a hot, hot, sunny Florida day. Everybody is thirsty. And he, he goes before the Lord, and he's like, I, I don't know exactly, what do I do? I, where do I get this water from? How can I satisfy them? And, and the Bible says that God tells him, hey, with your staff, with your stick, with your rod, hit this rock, and, and I'm going to make water gush out. I'm gonna, water's going to come out, and everybody will be satisfied. And so you keep reading, and, and sure enough, he hits that rock, and water comes out. Everybody is satisfied. A few miles later, a few verses later, again, the people get thirsty again. And this time he's like, God, what do I do this time? Because they're thirsty again. He's like, you see that rock? Yeah, I see it. Hey, this time, unlike last time, you're not going to hit it. You're going to speak to it. And I'm going to make water come out. And so now it's time for, for the miracle to happen. And he goes and he gets his staff. And, and he's about to, to see this miracle come to pass. And, and instead of speaking to it, though, he hits it again. And water comes out again. Everybody is, everybody is satisfied. Everybody is drinking. Everybody is happy. But now, in a couple of verses, now God is having a, an intimate conversation now with Moses. And he's asking him, what did you do? I, I didn't ask you to, to hit it again. I asked you to speak to it this time. And I don't think it was a faith issue. I don't think it was that God, that he couldn't hear God clearly. I just think maybe what happened to Moses, and he even got punished for that. Well, I think what happened to Moses is that, you know what? I got used to how God did it last time. So there's no way he's going to do it again a new way. We'll just, we'll just fall back to what he's always done. And it's a very, we got to be very careful that we would not limit to God. We would not limit God, rather to putting him in a box to move how we've always, always just simply seen it done before. Sometimes the greatest barrier to what God wants to do is what he's already did. We got to be careful. Hey, we honor the past. We learn from the past. We celebrate it. But you know what? The Bible says don't dwell there. Don't set up your tent there. Don't live there. Hey, you're going through it, and that's exactly what you're doing. You're going through it. How do I know if I forgot, though, genuinely? I went to the dictionary, and, and, the Bible, and the Bible says, the dictionary says, it's my Bible. No, it's not. 
Forget means to fail to remember, to not bring uh, something with you. Stop thinking about it. This last one's my favorite one, though. Don't mention it anymore. How do I know if I forgot about it? Do you still talk about it? Now, there's a difference here, right? Because I, I, I'm, I go to personal counseling. My wife and I were in marriage counseling. There's a difference when you're talking to a counselor, to a therapist, somebody who is helping you. You need to talk, express these things to be able to heal from, understand, connect the dots, get rid of things. That's one scenario. But it's a whole different thing when you're just talking about things and, and you're doing it with the wrong motive. You're doing it just because you still have that, that unforgiveness. You're still, you're still you're just doing it just to get, try to get back at that person. Bro, she broke up with you back in third grade. You're 31 now. You can stop talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, just triggers everywhere. Oh, my gosh. She, she, she always wore a colored dress, that, that pink. You know, like, bro. And we, we, we keep talking about it. We keep, we keep talking about things. And, 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 and the truth of the matter is some things are just simply voice activated. And we've got to be very careful with the words that are coming out of your mouth because our words frame our world. And so whatever you speak, you now have to live in. And so if you continue to speak fear, if you continue to speak hopelessness, if you continue to, to speak doubt and just, uh, you know, just the worst, thinking the worst of everything, everything negativity, and, and they'll never pick me, and I'm not good enough, and all these things, man, that's the world that you and I are going to have to live in. But what, what would happen? What would happen if we began to speak hope? What if we, be, if we began to speak peace? If we began to speak restoration and, and, and just love and just lift up our, 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 our higher expectations? A couple of, of Christmases ago, I'm reminded uh, my brother, my, my only and younger brother, Nathan, who's taller than me, random facts preachers say, right? Um, <laughs> Like, the Lord's not going to do anything extra because he's taller than me. Anyways, um, I, I remember a couple Christmas ago, he, him and his wife gave us a little Google home. And uh, it was the first of, of our kind. We never had something like that. And so we, I remember we, we put it in our house. And right now in our house, it's in the kitchen. And there's just something about just having uh, Google there available for, you know, whatever you need. Now, in the beginning, we used the little device a lot more often than we do now. You know, uh, I remember even my son, Josiah, our son, Josiah, uh, he was so young, and he would ask Google the most random questions, but he was like, Google, oh, he's be, hey, Google, uh, what's the weather like in China right now? And Google had to respond, right? He's like, right now, the weather is, you know, and, and we learn things together. And Google, what kind of fish is it, whatever, and he'd ask the most random questions, and now we mainly just use it for, like, what time is it, or, or put, you know, play some, some music so we can clean, because, you know, you can't clean without listening to music, right? And so, um, and so, but she's there. Google is there. And Google is very helpful. She's very intelligent, and she can order us stuff and all these things. But she doesn't make a move until we, we speak something to her first. And there's a connection here that some things are, again, simply voice activated. And so you've got to be very careful to the things that you are activating in your life. Depending on what you're, what you're sharing, what you're speaking is, again, what you're, you and I are oftentimes going to experience. And so be very careful. Be very mindful of the things that you and I are declaring over our lives. Again, we honor the past, and we learn from it, and we went through it. I'm not trying to minimize your experiences, but you know what? Don't dwell there. Don't stay there. The Bible says you've got to keep moving forward. I'm wanting to do a new thing in your life. 
The second thing that we must do if we're going to make space, if we're going to clear the room of our hearts so that God can just pour in the new things is we got to remove, uh, clear the room of the noise. Clear the room of the noise. The Bible says that when Jesus showed up, he had to tell the people who were there crying and were bringing casseroles and were doing all these things, go away. And I really believe it wasn't necessarily a, a, a volume issue. I think it was more of a heart issue that he was speaking into. Noisy. It was too noisy. How, how many people here like to listen to music when you're studying or when you're reading a book or when you're working? All right, cool. I personally, you can put your hands out. I personally I can't really identify with that. Uh, I think I get too distracted when I listen to music. When it's time to go to sleep, I can't listen to music. Uh, when I'm driving, this might scare some of you, all right? But I'm okay with silence. <laughs> silence is my friend, okay? Like, it sits in the car with me. Yeah, pray for your pastor. And so um, I, I'm okay. Like, I don't always have to be listening to something. I don't always have to be doing it. I'm, and the, I'm, I could be working in my office, and you won't hear anybody in the room. And I'm just, like, typing away. I'm just working and stuff. God is, Jesus is here, and he's like, I'm about to do something, but it's too noisy. And, and, and he says the following statement, go away. And I think it's so interesting how it was one situation, but there was two different perspectives here. Jesus shows up, and he's like, she's asleep. But the other people were like, no, she's dead. We're crying because she's dead. We're, we're, we're lamenting. We're, we're mourning because she's dead. And it's interesting. And, and I mean, I don't know. I guess if, if we were to put ourselves in that scenario, we'd be like, bro, but that's Jesus. So like, uh, man, he shows up. Anything can happen. But I think it's interesting to know how the people who saw Jesus the most in that time were the people who saw the least number of miracles. And that's not just me saying that. That's the Bible. The Bible says there in the book of Matthew, chapter 13, 58, and he says, And he, being Jesus, did not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. The people closest to him, the people who saw him grow up, the people who were there, uh, you know, watching him and knew his family were the ones who, ah, you know what, it's, it's, it's just Jesus. Uh, it's just Jesus. Oh, Jesus is here? Oh, cool. It's just Jesus. And I'll put a pause here on this particular message, and I'll, I'll talk to the Christian, uh, Christians in the room right now and watching online, and I would encourage you and myself that we'd be very careful that we would never fall into a place in our relationship with Jesus where we would say the following, whether in, in, in an out loud voice or with our actions, it's, it's just Jesus. Ah, it's just Sunday. Man, it's just my personal Bible study time. Really, what's going to happen during that time? Uh, you know, it's just a serving opportunity. Oh, man, like I feel, I feel like I should go do something and help somebody. But uh, it's just a feeling. It's just Jesus. No, it's not just Jesus. It's Jesus. Yeah. And our perspective, our attitude, our expectation absolutely matters. What you put in, again, is what you're going to get out. I'll share a secret with you. Oftentimes when I'm listening to a message or I'm about to listen to a message, whether it's here or online or whatever, I'll post about it. And I'll, before I listen to the message, I already take a photo and I put, what a word. What a, and I haven't even listened to it. It's not that I doubt the speaker. 
It's not that I, I doubt that they prepared. No, you know what I'm doing? I'm preparing my heart. That, hey, no matter what they say, I know it's a word that I needed to hear. And I'm just opening my heart. I'm making space so that God's word can infiltrate my heart. It's my perspective. It's my attitude. It's, it's the way I'm preparing for the new things that God wants to do in my life. I believe it's so important that we would get, we would get, we would remove, excuse me, the noise of our life. If, because if not, be very careful that we would not allow the, the noise or the crowd to influence us into mislabeling things as dead that are only sleeping. That's why the people around you, it matters who you hang out with. It matters who speaks into your life. Oh, your marriage, all your suffering, oh, man, you should just leave him. Oh, man, it's over. You shouldn't even, man, that thing, forget that. Next, please, like, oh, you're struggling with that again? Oh, man, you know what? That's probably, you're probably going to struggle with that for the rest of your life. Don't worry about it. Like, nah, you know, everybody, no one's perfect, right? And so, you know, don't, don't try. Like, don't worry. You're not as bad as this other person. And all these voices are speaking into our lives. You've, maybe you've been praying for something and it just hasn't happened yet. And you're just like, God, like, man, when is it going to happen? It's been weeks. It's been months. Maybe it's been years. And everyone's like, man, you should probably stop praying about that. Or you're like, all right, I think God's getting tired about that. And, and that thing is dead. I'm here to encourage somebody and tell you, hey, it's not dead. It's simply sleeping. The one who can raise up the dead is in this place right now. He's in your room right now. And he's saying, hey, it's not over. It's not over. Don't put a period where God has simply put a comma. This is just a beginning. This is just a part of your story. This isn't the whole thing. This is, it, it happened to you, but hey, you're going to learn from it. You're gonna, we're going to grow through it. We're going to continue moving forward. But God is not done yet. We're still making space because God has something new for our lives. There are some voices that today maybe you're going to have to have to say go away. Maybe you're going to need to pull out a little piece of paper and make a little spiritual eviction notice and put it on your heart and be like, hey, this baggage, this, this situation, these things, these people, hey, you're not benefiting my life. You're not helping me grow as, as a Jesus follower. You're not, you're not adding value to my life. I, I, need, to, I need people who are going to encourage me to continue moving forward. It's time to say, hey, the noise needs to go away. God could have done, Jesus could have done it with them there. But I think he was setting us up for today so that we would understand that, hey, the people in your room, the people closest to you, the people who are speaking into your life, it absolutely does matter. There are some things that God, God wants to do, but again, we've got to continue to prepare for it as well. The third and final thing I'll say, you can smile now. The third and final thing I'll say as far as how do we clear the room of our heart to get ready for the new things of God the Bible says that we need to clear the room of our timelines, wow. of our or of the timeline. I'm as organized as the next person. I personally enjoy knowing what's coming up. Um, I, I, I look at our calendar often just so I can know what, what things are happening in the church and the family and, and my life and, and things like that. Um, I personally use the full focus planner. Uh, you can swipe up right now. I'm just kidding. But um, you actually, so I, I like to know. I like to have a structure. And, and when things change last minute, um, man, it, 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 it I feel it sometimes, you know, but I, I adapt to it as much as possible and, and continue moving forward. And there's nothing wrong with being organized. The only thing is that we can't limit God to our schedules. 
Pastor JJ was talking about today, you know, like, like he moves at his time. And sometimes our time is different from his time. And sometimes, you know, and we want things to happen at a certain time or, or, or we're waiting for something else to happen so that then he can move. And God's like, hey, I want to do something in your life right now. The Bible says it's springing up right now. Why do we leave it for tomorrow? There's a track that we love to sing and play at times, and it's called, uh, maybe you've heard of it, it's called One Day When. One day when, when, when I get this age, one day when I get this promotion, one day when I finish and I get, I get my degree, and one day when I, I, get, I get married, one day when uh, I get this car, one day when, and we keep putting off all these things that God wants to do in our life because of our schedule and our timeline. And God's like, hey, it's cute that you worked on that, but I have my own timeline for your life. I have my own schedule for your life. And the Bible says that in the wilderness and in the wasteland, the Bible, I, let me just read that verse one more time. The Bible says in Isaiah 43, it says, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Notice how he, did, how he didn't say, I'm going to take you out first and then I'm going to do something new the way I understood it. And I really pray that you're able to receive it right now just the way Holy Spirit gave it to me. is like right there where you're at, I can do something new. In your wasteland, in that difficult situation, in that dark place, in that situation that looks impossible, I know you're about to throw in the towel. I know you've been hearing all the negative voice. I know all these things have been happening. But in your wasteland, in that desert, in that wilderness where you feel alone, where you feel helpless, where you feel like I've tried everything and I can't do anything else, right there, God says, I'm going to do something new. I'm going to give you hope. I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to bring a community around you. I'm going to do it right there where you're at right there where you're at here's a challenge for us today because we're going to go back home you can't live here at trinity sorry we're, we're going to go back to our jobs we're going to go back to maybe what we consider the old place i think this is the challenge that the scripture is giving us find the new thing in the old place has it become old to you Coming to church? Has it become old to you going to school? Has it become old to you going back home? I'm, I'm just in the relationship, and we've been married five plus years. Like, it's just, you know, it's just my kids. It's just Jesus. It's our attitude, our attitude, our expectation that sets us up for everything. And he's saying, hey, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not limited to your timeline. I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do. God is the God of acceleration. Things that would have taken maybe you and I 10, 15 plus years, God can do it in one. Things that would have taken you much longer to accomplish, God says, I can turn things around. I can connect people. I can move things. I can do, I, I'm not stuck. I'm not limited. I'm not a recipe to be followed. I'm not a formula to be figured out. I'm God and I'm God all by myself. I can do whatever I want to do. He wants to do the new, but are our hearts prepared for it? Why? Because, again, I can tell what you're waiting for by what you're working on. Pastor JJ mentioned in, during the introduction, we came up from Miami, Florida. Before that, I'm originally from Texas, but we were living in Miami, and we, had, we were praying for, for a place where to live, and God gave us favor. God gave us favor, and uh, he, he hooked us up. 
a family friend said, hey, we have an apartment you guys can use. And, uh, you know, it, it's a two-bedroom and our kids are very small. It, it was, everything was just going to work out right there. And we, and we weren't going to pay Miami prices either because, you know, it can be a little pricey. And so uh, we get there and it's just gorgeous. And, and, and to our surprise, he, before we, we get the keys, he tells us, hey, and all, even about all your stuff too, like you don't have, you don't have to worry about bringing anything because uh, it's, I'm going to leave it fully furnished. And so you don't got to bring anything with you. And so legit, all, I think all we brought was like the clothes, the toys, and the kids. And not, not in that particular order. You know, the kids go on top, right? But those are the only things that matter. And so that was, that's all we needed. We came home and we, I remember we opened the door to our, our apartment and, and here was our furniture. This is symbolic of just all the furniture we had in the house that we didn't have to bring. Moving was never easier other than that experience. I've moved a couple of times. Maybe you've moved a couple of times. You know what that process is like. It was simple. It was like checking into a hotel. Like you're just moving with your bags and that's it. Everything was already there. The sofa, the, the, the appliances, there was a love seat, the, the television. Everything was there. And it was such a blessing. And it was comfortable and it was good. And then a few weeks later, we get another friend of ours call us and be like, hey, welcome to Miami. We heard you guys just moved in. Yeah, man, I'm enjoying it. And I'm going to the beach now. I'm, I'm that guy now. And, and, and we're, we're having fun. We're settling in. And they're like, hey, well, uh, we want to bless you guys. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm up for the blessing. And so uh, we want to buy you guys some furniture for your new place. Oh, just all, whatever you want, you know, we'll go out and we'll let you guys pick it and choose it. And you guys can go and take it. We're like, dude, that's amazing. The only thing was that we, we already had furniture, technically. It was, it was already in our, in, our, in our apartment. We already had somewhere to sit. It was comfortable. It was, it was even a blessing at its time. But the new, there was no way that the new furniture was going to fit with the old furniture. And so the only way we were going to prepare and receive the new was if we got rid of the old stuff. We picked up the phone. We called the, our family friend who we were renting from and we're like, hey, hope you're doing well. Rent's coming soon. And hey, uh, the furniture, we're going we're gonna to need you to move it out. Uh, we have a blessing on its way. We shared with him what was happening. He came by sometime later and moved it out. And I, I'm thankful for it because it was a blessing at a time, but also it was a different style than maybe what we would have picked. You ever been gifted something that really wasn't your style, but they're looking at you to see your response? Like that, that was, that had, I'm just going to say, I'm going to call it Miami style. All right. That's all I'm going to say. All right. It was a Miami style, but, but over here we went and we were able to get whatever we wanted. We went with them. They paid for it. They had it delivered. A few weeks later, we're enjoying it in our own home. Our new blessing, but that couldn't arrive until we made the space until we cleared the room. It had my name on it, just like there's blessings out there that God has with your name all over it. But he's saying, you know what? I, I don't have any space in your heart right now. In your life, it's too busy for me. 
like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to squeeze in some things, but it doesn't work. And I know it's scary because it's like, well, if I, if I get rid of my sofa, like, where am I going to, where am I going to go? And if I, this, I, I'm comfortable here. I have memories here. I watch TV here. Like this is, this was a gift and all these things, maybe your thoughts and worries and doubts began to fill your mind. But God's like, will you trust me that if you just let go of that thing, the new thing that I have for you is bigger and it's better and it's what you need. You got to clear the room though. This is something that I couldn't do for myself. Like the owner had to come in and, and move that furniture for us. Just the same way, like I can't make space in your heart. The owner does. The owner has to. And you're the owner of that. And you need to pick and choose. You need to get rid of the timelines. Get rid of the noise. Get rid of the past. God, you've always done it like this. God's like, well, what if I want to do it in a new way this time? I'm fascinated. I love to read the scriptures, particularly when, he, when Jesus did the same miracle, but in different ways. Sometimes he would heal, when he would heal a blind man, he would, he would spit, he would make mud and put it on their eyes. Sometimes he would say the word. Sometimes he would say, hey, go dip yourself in the pool. And other times he would just do different things. Same miracle, but in different ways. Maybe because he's just trying to remind us, hey, I'm a God who operates in the new. I, I can do, I don't, I'm not limited to the past. I'm not limited to what I've always done before, but I want to do something new in your life if and when we clear the room. I'm going to invite you to stand up on your feet right now with me. Can you look for the new in the old place? I don't know how you walked into this place. I don't know how, what your life looks like right now on the other side of this screen. But maybe you're, you're in this place and you've never made that prayer, that declaration to invite Jesus into your heart. And today you want to. Or maybe you have said that prayer before, but if you can be honest with yourself, you're like, you know what, just doing some personal examination. I think right now I, I've, I've allowed my heart to get too crowded. I've stored up some things in my heart that, you know what, have been taking up some space that I know have, have been holding me back from everything that God really wants to do in my life. And I know I've been singing that song of tomorrow and tomorrow and one day later, but I really feel right now that God wants to do something in my heart right now. For a moment of privacy, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and bow your heads. And if that is you, on the count of three, I'm going to invite you to lift up your hand high, saying, God, here's my life. Here's my room. Here's my heart. You know, I'm giving it to you for the first time, or maybe you've had it in the past, but you know what? I'm giving it back to you because I took it back and I did things I wasn't supposed to and I filled it up with things I shouldn't have. But today, God, I'm recommitting to you my life. If that is you on the count of three, I want to invite you to type it in the chat or, or lift up your hand here right now on the count of three. One, today is the day of salvation. Two, this message was for you. Do it now. One, two, three. Lift it up high. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands, I see your hands, absolutely. I see your hand there in the back as well. Put your hands down. I'm gonna invite everybody to repeat after me, worship team as well. Say, dear Jesus, we thank you for this day. I invite you to my life. I declare that I belong to you and that you will and are doing a new thing in my life.
from this day forward, I will never be the same again. I'm going to follow you with everything that I am. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's give it up for everybody who gave their heart to Jesus today. In a few moments, you're going to receive some instructions of, of, of how we want to partner with you and how, how we can come alongside you in your new journey of faith. But we want to go back into one more song of worship. And I truly believe that an incredible way that we can make space in our hearts is through the power of worship. There's something that happens when we open up our mouth, when we begin to lift up our hands, when we begin to declare, hey, God, I'm going to make room for you. God, I'm going to declare it out loud. I know how I feel, but I know what you've promised me. I know I feel one way, but I know you're calling me to do something. I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm going to choose you anyways. And so if you feel comfortable right now, I'm going to invite you to lift up your hands. And as we begin to sing this song, we're going to say, God, here's my heart. I'm going to make room for whatever you want me to do. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.